0: we've got to go out there and like build an actually good product that people actually want to use that like actually solves their real real world challenges from a developer perspective from a user perspective i think we have the pieces with coinbase i think a lot of it's now like how do we put those together into a package that really really flipped all right everyone i think you
1: will really enjoy this episode of empire we have a pretty special one today there's a big announcement coming out of coinbase and we brought on uh, will robinson the vp of engineering and jesse uh, who is the head of protocols uh, and lead for another a new product that we're going to be talking about today. But Jesse, Will, welcome uh, welcome to Empire, guys. Santi, give you a big welcome, too.
2: You're not even giving intros to me anymore. It's just great.
1: <laughs> yeah, I skipped the intros for you. Um, all right, guys. Well, I, I think uh, by the time people are listening to this, the news will be out. You guys are launching this thing called Base, which is, I think, how you're describing it is an L2. The way that I'd like to actually start is... You guys might get mad at me for saying this, but the way I think about Coinbase is you guys are a Web2 company that plays in crypto. And what I mean by that is like you raised venture capital money. You have a board of directors. You're probably a Delaware C Corp. You're publicly traded. And you have done this amazing job of like moving the space forward by uh giving people an on-ramp into, in, into crypto. But really like at the core, you're set up as a Web2 company. And I've kind of watched... And Jesse, I've really, you've done this maybe more publicly uh, than others at Coinbase, it. like watched your guys' journey into becoming more and more of a crypto native firm. So I think the best place to start here, I'd love to just hear you guys describe that journey. And then we can get into talking about this new new L2 that you guys are building.
0: Awesome. Sounds great. Um, and maybe I can take the lead on this one well, and then you can fill in the the gaps around me. Um I'm Jesse here, uh, and I've been at Coinbase for six years. Uh, so I joined at the beginning of 2017, like right when the bull, like right before the bull market really started. Um, and I, you know, I think your assessment is largely accurate. And you know, like not only is Coinbase all those things, also Coinbase was started in 2012. Like Coinbase is 10 years old. I'm a little more than 10 years old at this point. And so when we started the business, there was no Ethereum, there was no smart contracts, there was Bitcoin, and we provided a Web2 interface for customers to acquire Bitcoin. And then over time, we added the ability for customers to acquire Ethereum and Litecoin, and then more and more assets. And I think really in the last five years, um, probably starting in around 2018, we started really proactively trying to figure out, okay, like we've done this whole exchange and trading thing, and we see this future which is the global economy replatformed onto the crypto economy, powered by millions of dApps that, you know, billions of users use. How do we get there? Both for the broader ecosystem and for Coinbase itself. Um, and really credit to Brian for seeing that early. You know, in 2016 he wrote the Coinbase Secret Master Plan, which was like the four-part plan. It was like first we're gonna do the protocols, Bitcoin, Ethereum, now we're gonna build the exchange, Coinbase. Then we're going to build the consumer interfaces, Coinbase wallet and you know Coinbase Dapp wallet. And then we're going to have these Dapps that billions of people actually want to use. And that's been the master plan we've been running. But that final three to four, stage three to four, I think it's been a process of trying to figure out how do we drive that. Um, and I think Base is our answer, kind of. It's phase 3.5. It's the developer platform that I think... We realized we needed internally to change the Coinbase way of building um, so we could start building as an on-chain native company. Um, and then once we realized we needed that internally, then we realized, oh, if we need this internally, other people probably do too. And that's why we're kind of launching as an open ecosystem that everyone can, can build on. And so happy to go into the like details of what that journey has been over the last um, few years, but that's kind of the high-level path that I think we've been on.
3: Yeah, I, I love all of that. I'll just add one thing. I think um, for historical reasons, or just where we are as an industry right now, the, the the parts of the quadrant that are lit up, the quadrants that are lit up rather, are small Web three companies and large Web two companies. And as a sort of accident of history and sequencing, that those are really highly correlated. But we all see and are moving toward a world where it's going to be Web three companies, big and small, and Microsoft, Adobe, take your favorite big software provider will eventually have on-chain components of how they build and ship software. That is a future that we are fully full conviction over. And if Coinbase can't be the large uh, existing software company to lead the way in that charge, then who can? So we we decided it was time to take up the mantle. Hmm. Tell us about Base, Jesse.
0: Yeah. Um, So, like I said, you know, I think our feeling is over the last 10 years we've done a really good job of driving that kind of like trading exchange on ramping of funds into the crypto economy but mostly that kind of speculative side of things has been where um things have stayed and so i think base and, and uh, base is an ethereum l2 uh that coinbase is incubating and can gradually decentralized and is going to be the home for the coinbase ecosystem um as well as a fully open ecosystem where anyone can build and we really see base as this platform that's going to make it incredibly easy for the next wave of developers to build the dApps that will then bring in the next billion users. Um, And there's a whole kind of story of how we got to, you know, building the l 2 kind of what the the pieces we're putting around base are to make that really easy. But I think that's the gist of it. It's like, we want to make it easy for developers to build really freaking useful apps that people actually want to use so we can get out of this kind of speculation-driven world and into the next stage of the crypto economy, which is billions of people finding real utility on-chain.
2: So, a a lot of the, I I guess a lot of folks listening to this might say, wait a minute. So, like, doesn't this actually, isn't the whole purpose of Coinbase to keep users uh, within the Coinbase kind of ecosystem? and might this just like once you open the door for people to go into this kind of open Web three land, are you losing the user? You know, and this is this is something we hear often, like with Coinbase
3: Wallet, and then of course with this, I'm curious, like what you would say to that. So I'll jump in here and say the purpose of Coinbase is to increase economic freedom in the world. You know, I I hate to be hokey and cheesy and go to our mission statement, but I've got the tattoo, uh, and we really actually do believe in it. Wait, well you have a coinbase tattoo or you have this that statement so that that's st- metaphorically <laughs> speaking metaphorically <laughs> speaking i uh, don't let brian hear this i don't actually have the tattoo but you know this is this is not a this is not a casual mission statement that we ignore or give lip service to and a greater supply of quality block space that settles to a credibly neutral decentralized permissionless settlement layer with ultra high security we are still really early on that journey, right? Like you can imagine five years out, 10 years out, that space being sort of fully saturated, this kind of background that we all take for granted, but we're not there yet. Um, so we think that the world needs more block space of that kind and that increases economic freedom in the world. And you know, I'll be honest, I, I think we've charted a lot of different future paths and sort of business impact that this could have. We don't exactly know which way this will go or, or when or how quickly we'll get there. But I think we're really excited to push this experiment along and make a high-level bet that more people using crypto for more things, both reflexive things like investments and speculation, and also non-reflexive things just to live their lives, do social networking, play crypto games. This is going to be a rising tide that lifts all boats, and Coinbase will participate in some of that. I think that we have pole position in the West, for example, is a fiat on and off-ramp. And there are lots of other places like that where our sort of weakness from the point of view of a like diehard decentralization maxi, that we do have this Web2 component, that we are a centralized entity, that we've got an address, that we, that we talk to regulators, is actually a superpower because someone needs to create and man that bridge. That says, okay, well, how do you get your real world assets on and off chain? Um, how do you know you're entering this space in a way that is safe, that is well trod before you? And I think Coinbase is in a unique position to add and extract a lot of value to the ecosystem that way without needing to hold people hostage in some walled garden to make a good business.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Strong plus one to that, and and the only other thing I add is this is not our first time making this bet of like if we grow the ecosystem, it's going to be good for Coinbase's business. In the depths of the bear market uh, in 2018, we launched USDC. You know now USDC obviously has had a huge impact on the usability of crypto globally, um, and it's also turned out to be a great component of Coinbase's business. Um, uh, you know we launched Coinbase Wallet. Uh, that's self-custodial wallet. You know, those those people aren't creating Coinbase accounts. Those people are just using that software to access the crypto economy. Um, CB I think is is similar to that. The DApp wallet. You know, I think our bet is that if we give users and developers better and better tools to make the crypto economy useful, it will grow it, and that growth will be good for Coinbase, and we'll find ways to make that good for our business uh, alongside it being good for the world.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, as you sort of surveyed the existing L2, first L1 and then L2 kind of environment and, and options, why go and and choose optimism? And my understanding is you're co- coming on as a, like a core contributor to optimism. So maybe talk a little bit about that journey and the rationale behind it.
0: Yes. This has been a really you know, diligent, thorough process that we've run really the last year and a half probably. Um, And I guess it started about a year and a half ago when we started working with our internal teams to try and figure out what do you need to build more on-chain products? Like, what's blocking you? And what we saw, you know, through running some prototypes ourselves and and through talking to teams was that folks were getting stuck, like, literally before they could start. Um, And they were really getting stuck on two questions. One was, um, like, literally, how do I build an on-chain product? I need. Mean, what language am I using to write a smart contract? Am I writing an EVM? Am I writing with Rust and Slada? Am I writing the chain on Avalanche or Cosmos? Um, and then most people were kind of figuring that out for themselves. Uh, and, and the vast majority of kind of internal teams were by default just picking EVM because it's the most widely used toolkit. But then they were getting stuck again. It was like, okay, now I've written these contracts. Like, where do I put them? How do I make sure that's cheap enough that we can actually scale it for Coinbase users? How do I make sure that it works reliably across all the Coinbase products? How do I make sure that when I launch this thing, it's gonna be like good for the Coinbase ecosystem? And people were again getting stuck being like, wow, there's a bunch of options. I wanna do Ethereum L1, I know it's too expensive. I wanna do L2, we don't know what to do. And so in the first half of last year, we really um, kind of did a survey of the, the first question, the how. Um, and uh, talk to a bunch of teams, both internally and externally, basically alignment like Ethereum and EVM is the fastest growing developer ecosystem. Uh, it's the largest ecosystem by uh, kind of overall value. Um, and from a default perspective, that's kind of the paved road that we pay for our internal teams. Um, and then after that, that kind of gave us two pieces of clarity. One is, well, if we're gonna be building primarily on EVM, we need to have a clear strategy for scaling EVM whether you know regardless of what l2 we're picking and so that's what we started working on something called eip 4844 which is this thing called proto dink sharding it's going to lower fees by 10 to 100x on l2s um and coinbase alongside optimism has been working on that now for a year and and we're we're, we're hopeful we're going to ship it this summer uh, which is about a year earlier than otherwise would have happened so that was the first thing and then the other thing that we did was we went and talked with everyone and said okay like, our teams want to be building on EVM, We're making that the paid road. We know Ethereum L1 is too expensive. Like, how are you thinking about L2? And we were just so blown away at the quality of talent across, like, literally every team working in and around the L2 states, um, across the ZK side and the optimistic roll-up side. That I think as we went through that process, we actually had a pretty big perspective shift in our thinking. And I think that perspective shift was when we started we were very much of the mindset there's going to be one l2 it's going to be monolithic and if we like tick the wrong one that's going to be bad for coinbase users it's going to be bad for coinbase's business like it's almost like zero sum and i think when we ended that process after talking to a ton of folks I think what we're very convinced of now is that there's actually probably gonna be many of these things. Uh, there's gonna be L2s, there's gonna be L3s, and they're gonna kind of all collectively scale Ethereum and increasingly become interoperable um, as this technology matures and standardizes to form something like a mesh or a super chain um, where you have a bunch of different execution contexts scaling the broader kind of Ethereum layer one. And I think in that world, that was. That vision was the thing that kind of gave us the clarity of like, whoa, if that's the future, making sure that Coinbase has a native home like in that mesh feels really, really important. Um, Now, rewinding a little bit. Now, how did we, in that context, start working with optimism so closely? Um, I I think a lot of it actually came from Ethereum. Uh, When we started working on EIP4844, they were the other team that raised their hand um, about a year ago that gave us the the context in which we were literally shipping code together, um, that built trust. We got to go really deep on their technology, literally as we were standing up uh, devnets for EIP 4844 to like experiment with running a rollup on the devnet. net. Um, and I think across the board, we were impressed with the quality of the technology, the quality of the team, and the ethos around the, the technology being open source, freely available, and something that contributes back to the underlying public good infrastructure. I think that's really, really important. Um, we believe that like Ethereum, layer two must be open source, freely available, and something that is um, built to be as decentralized as possible because that's the only way we're gonna be able to create this global crypto economy that's open and accessible to everyone. We felt like optimism really had that those those values, that the technology represented that. Um, and then obviously that we, we, we built a, a relationship through building together on Ethereum that could kind of uh, stay the test of time. So, you know, a bunch of different factors, but we're super excited to be working with them. And I think mean, we're, we're, we're super excited to be working with everyone. This is going to be a massive team effort. We are on day zero of scaling Ethereum. We have, you know, I think there's about a million, one to two million monthly transacting users in Ethereum uh, today. Uh, we need to give that to billions. And so over the next five years, the amount of growth, the amount of opportunity for people to come together and scale this thing together uh, in a positive some way, and everyone benefited from that upside just feels uh, incredible.
1: Hmm. Can you guys explain? I think I'm not fully understanding where you guys sit in the tech stack. So actually, like this sounds like an L3 to me, which is like you've got like ETH is the L1, then like Optimism is the L2, and you guys are building on Optim. On Optimism, so that's an L3. Can you explain where I'm wrong here?
0: Yeah, great. So we are—we're not building on Optimism. We're building on the OP stack, which is an open-source uh, toolkit that's basically for running chains. And so what's going to happen is basically Optimism mainnet will be running here, and then Base will stand up next to it. And then what we're going to do over the next two to three years is we're basically going to figure out what's the like integration work that we do by being on the same stack, so those things can actually be more and more interoperable so you can have transactions happening between them so you can have bridges happening really easily between them and so you can add a bunch more l2s or l3s that also have that same level of composability that's going to enable us to kind of collectively scale ethereum
1: santi before you jump in just one more question because i want to make sure i actually understand that what if Blockworks would probably not give someone the underlying like open source software if we had it to go build a media company because then they'd be competing with us. So like I'm trying to think about the business model behind optimism and like OP stack. It's like OP stack's giving you the operating system to go build an L2, which like on paper competes with optimism, but has this premise that in a couple of years it'll integrate and like bring biz like one plus one equals three. But really in the short term, it does sound like a competitor to optimism. So Tell me what I'm missing here.
0: No, I think you're actually spot on in the tension. And I think that uh, the the thing that's allowing us to do this is kind of the, the, the trust and belief that we can build this thing that's greater than the sum of the parts. Um, and I think that's what we're working on with optimism. And one of the things we're excited about is, as part of running Base, we're actually going to be contributing back to the uh, like retroactive public goods funding uh, mechanism and the Optimism Collective uh, to make sure that we're sustainably funding that infrastructure alongside them. And so I feel like the the thing we are doing here is new, right? Like no, we haven't actually previously had a large public company do a agreement with an open source technology provider that also has a DAO that's building the future kind of technology infrastructure of the world, um, this is a first. And it looks a little different maybe than other business deals, but I think the thing that's built into that is this shared belief that if we build an open source, interoperable layer two, there is so much upside, there's so much growth, that we're going to be able to basically find the complements uh, in the various people who are working together, make sure that they they get to win-win outcomes, not to exactly what we're doing with optimism. I could be more excited to be working with them.
2: I want to get a little bit more of the history context behind just even thinking about building base. You know, Jesse, you, you mentioned you've been around and, and looking at perhaps perhaps on the table of engineering projects that you could have had and or have at the moment. Why decide to do this now? Like, what were some of the other things or what are some of the other things on that like whiteboard that before you kind of made the decision to, to like throw a bunch of engineering resources to L2s building base, like why, why now? And what were some of the other things that you could have focused on instead of this?
0: No, I think that's right. I mean, I, I've been at Coinbase for six years at this point. I spent the first four and a half years, um, building and leading all of our consumer facing teams on the engineering side. So Coinbase, Coinbase Pro, Coinbase Wallet, and then mid 2021, mid 2021, um, I basically took a step back and said like, I want to figure out like, how do we make this change? (laughs) I've been building these consumer facing products that are Web2 products with crypto in them. And like, I want to figure out how do we unlock this incredibly talented, incredibly uh, generative business to be building Web3 native on-chain products. And like Will said, I came to Will and you know, our exec team, I think like fall of 2021, it was like, we need to do it all. And like, we need to do it right now. And that began, one was a total journey. And candidly for me, like I felt a lot like wandering in the desert. Whereas like, we, I think we went through four different iterations over a year, where it was like, we're gonna do this. And we did that for three months. So we got to the end of three months and said, hmm, doesn't feel quite right. Like we're not getting the customer feedback and truly that we're looking for. Um, Let's like try again
1: um Je- jesse what 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 were those ideas that you guys did and then like shut down tell tell us about the failed ones
0: <laughs> uh i yeah so the, <laughs> the two the two failed ones that were that were most recently um i and i to be clear i don't think i actually don't think about these things that's failed um uh, one was like we i think what, what basically happened is we we started having this conception of um like Coinbase and our broader suite of products, including the consumer interfaces all the way down to to the underlying infrastructure, almost as a marketplace um, where there are a bunch of different layers and something you could almost analogize to like an app store and app platform. Um, and that meant that we over like a period of nine months, we basically worked our way down through the marketplace. And so the first thing that we were at was like, Oh, what if like, this thing is an advertising network. And like that's what we're building. And what the goal of it is is to basically figure out how do we connect up the distribution of Coinbase to all of these developers that are building these incredible products, but right now have really inefficient acquisition tools. Like that's what token airdrops are. They're really inefficient ads products. Um and so we're like, okay, let's build that marketplace. And we built that for a little while and we learned a lot, but like didn't feel like it quite stuck. Although we're also in the process right now of rolling out the first iteration of that and i think it's going to be awesome um uh, you know kind of uh, a lot of that you know, came from the same place so then the next thing we really focused on was identity um and looking at like uh, basically could we bring a representation of coinbase identity including like the verified as a human um and, and and potentially kyc on chain and would that allow our internal teams to basically build products that were more tailored to the, the real human beings that were behind wallet addresses um and again there we launched uh the, the first version of the product and we're expanding on it to cb.id uh we have plan, plans for the year ahead that's going to bring more coinbase identity on chain which i'm super excited about but um i think at, at, at the core we also did feel like this is the thing and and then I think we worked to like the bottom layer of the stack, which is like we've been trying to build these products. We've been working with all these internal teams. And like when we tried to build the advertising product, when we were trying to build the identity product, there i we got we got stuck. Like we tried to figure out where do we deploy these things? How do they do low cost enough? How do we make the tooling good enough? And we came back to this question of like how do we build, where do we build? And I think after having done that three times um, in kind of second half of last year, we basically said, okay, let's take a month and be like, what would it look like for us to build the developer platform, like the base of this ecosystem, uh, which we can then on top of build all of this other infrastructure that will eventually come together to make this like a a powerful platform for distribution and for people building products to use real world identity. Um, And that's, that's when base kind of originated. And like Will said, I feel like I had gone through a year of every quarter trying to pitch to Will and our executive team, like this is it, you know, advertise, this is it. Identity, this is it. And got, honestly, like pretty lukewarm responses where people were like, we don't know if this is it. And then we got to the conception of base. And I think for the first time, it really clicked.
2: Yeah. Can you dissect a little bit more of the, the actual thesis itself? You know, you've, you've enabled support for L2 withdrawals. Um, so presumably users can now go directly from Coinbase to some of the L2s, right? I believe it's po- like pretty much most at this point. Um, So what is what is this enhancing? Like w- what does this actually add? When you talk about a secure, low-cost, developer-friendly L2, you're building on the OP, OP stack, but... I'd love to dissect that a little bit more to understand like what is the value add of of what you're already doing today, which is enabling withdrawals to an L2 environment where the user is already getting a lot of the benefits.
0: Yeah. And, and the way that I think about this is basically like if we pull back into the user experience for like the everyday user, I think for the last five years, um, we have been in a very kind of like chain-centric mental model. Where we are basically saying, hey, users, you need to pick which chain you're going to run your application on. You need to pay the fees for the compute of that application running on this chain. And for a small segment of the world, that's worked, right? Like that's the million monthly transacting users that we have. And I think we've seen pretty consistently that like it's not working more broadly, right? We're not seeing month over month growth of real world applications that people are using um, they're bringing kind of like joy into their lives and increasing their economic freedom. I think one of our theses is that a lot of that chain centricness basically came from us, like trying to figure out like what's the right infrastructure for building applications. And I think our perspective is that is is shifting from this like undefined, uh, unanswered question into like a relatively defined and executable question, which is we now what know what that infrastructure is roughly going to look like. And what our sites have to turn to is, OK, now, how do we enable developers to build applications really, really easily for that infrastructure? And then how do we make it really, really easy for a user to use those applications without having to worry about any complexity? And I think this is where Coinbase has a really unique position, right? We can launch base. We're, we're launching base. Um, we have an incredible suite of developer tools that, that, that Will has been kind of building over the last year and a half. That means we can offer this like, platform for developers to build really high-quality applications. And then we have the most trusted, easiest-to-use um, consumer interfaces in Coinbase and Coinbase Wallet for leveraging applications that are deployed into the crypto economy. And we can plug Base into those interfaces and make it so that for our users, it all just works. They don't need to be like, oh, how do I worry about this? It just works. And that's not to say that we won't, we don't want our users to keep going everywhere and keep using other chains. Um, and it, it actually, one of the values in base that we cite very frequently is this concept of a bridge, not an island, which we can talk about in a second. But the, the thesis is basically like most users don't want the complexity of having to make a bunch of technology choices of where their applications are going to run. We can give them sane defaults that are easy to use, secure, and low cost. And then we can create experiences that allow them to go elsewhere so they can explore the full crypto economy um, by creating a native platform in the crypto economy that Coinbase can build infrastructure around to connect users to those other places. And I think, like, what I've seen pretty consistently as I've transitioned from doing kind of the more off chain world to the more on chain world is the level of leverage that you can get from building applications on this new on-chain, on-chain platform is really incredible, right? You look at like Uniswap v3 or v2, like those, those, those are massive financial pieces of infrastructure that were built by a handful of engineers. Um, and that's because the platform that they are building on, because it is global, because it has this in, 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 intense level of composability and, and open source, is just very, very powerful. And so I think one of the things that I'm very convinced of is that, um, on chain is the next online as like a kind of seismic shift in the way developers build, where in the early two thousands, we saw this thing happen where like, if you could build online applications, you could reach 10 X more people at 10 X less the cost. Um, and it was this superpower where you had new applications start to emerge that like did things that were previously totally impossible. And I think we are right on the cuff, or it's probably party task where that's starting to be true, where we're going to be able to build, um, on chain applications that are 10 X higher leverage built by 10 X fewer engineers, um, and have 10 to hundred X distribution or impact, um, on this new platform. And I think that's, I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we're building base. So we can create a a home in a native platform where Coinbase, starting with our internal teams, but then obviously with the broader community, can accelerate that on-chain platform and make it really easy for us to think about this as like a a business decision of like, do we want this in our legacy, off-chain, POA, sidechain? Or would it be more efficient, higher leverage, more accessible to more customers if we put this in the kind of like new platform that's fully on-chain? Let
1: me, let me, let me just maybe play devil's advocate. So one of the things, so I heard this announcement. I was like, Oh, that's fascinating. Like, I love that you guys are doing this. Then the second thing I was thinking is like, how will wall street respond? Because you guys have the really enjoyable experience of being a public company. Um, and so you do have to think about how the market will respond. And one way the market could respond is they're building something that could eventually compete with them. And, um, like I think of Uniswap, I think of Coinbase competitors and like there were periods of time during DeFi summer when like Uniswap's volume outpaced Coinbase's volumes. And like, I think it's tough to argue that Coinbase, uh, that Uniswap is not a competitor to Coinbase. I think you guys are directly competing. And with Base, some of the things that you guys will, some of the things that get built on top of Base will directly compete with Coinbase's core products. So I'm, I'm curious how you, how you guys, uh, how you guys think about that.
0: I think that, I think that's exactly right. And I think one thing we didn't really talk about is um, just like the cultural impact that we've seen over the last six months since we've started building this. Like the,
1: it's Great, hard. Before going into that, yeah. I'll ask that. As, yeah. Can we, yeah, yeah. I want to get the answer to the competitive thing because yeah. that's Great. one thing I'm curious. And then I'll, Great. and then we can go yeah. into that. So some, some basically, uh, basically the question is around like, how do you think about building uh Base will end up, product that get built on base will end up competing with Coinbase's core products. And how do you think about that trade-off?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, again, going back to kind of Brian's secret master plan that he wrote in 2016, which always blows my mind. Um, I think we, from the beginning, have felt that there's going to be thousands or millions of dApps that create the billions of uh, users that come into the crypto economy. And uh, we're not the first company to kind of like see a platform shift happen in that way and anticipate it and engage with it and make that something that's, you know, successful for our business. I think Apple is the canonical example here. Netflix is another great one where those were, um, you know, large scale consumer companies that were aggregating user demand and basically saw, hey, we're about to experience a massive platform shift. For for Netflix, it was digital. For Apple, it was mobile. And both of them said, okay, what if rather than us being kind of the sole point of distribution, us being the one that builds the products, we figure out how to build the platform that we can obviously still distribute first-party products on, but also create a level playing field for third parties to build businesses on. And if we can do that, couldn't that be so much more than us just doing everything ourselves? And I think that's that's the same back here. Um, it's a bet that, yes, there will be things that compete on base with Coinbase. You know, and we're going out uh, tomorrow or whenever, whenever we launch, Thursday, um, with a bunch of partners that are directly competitive with components of Coinbase's business. And that's okay. That's good. That's healthy. That's part of what we're doing here is we're trying to build an open ecosystem that we think, can grow the crypto economy and bring these use cases into the crypto economy, and we're confident that Coinbase and Coinbase's business will only benefit from us going from a million monthly transacting users to a billion monthly transacting users. The pie is so so big, um, and if we can enable that next wave of growth, um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of upside for our business.
2: I think this is something that is. I mean, not to get into too much of the psychology of Wall Street, but. time and time again they don't seem to understand like when social media was coming around like facebook was doing its ipo like they didn't get it like that it was all about like you know how social like they didn't truly understand the power of social networks um and in this case like it's it's actually like pretty i'm not surprised that they're not getting this open source model uh and how it actually works and you're seeing like a public company like Kind of like morph out of its current shell and like move into different lines of businesses and as you said, cannibal like admittedly like cannibalizing certain lines of businesses. Um But you're right. I mean, if if this is really going to work, you're you need to believe that this space is going to grow to billions of users. Otherwise, just close shop. Like it, it's just a side experiment. It's yeah, it, it doesn't really this matter. Is, you know.
0: This is you know reflected in Wall Street still primarily thinking about us as an exchange or a consumer brokerage, whereas internally. For the last two years, our North Star is we're gonna be the gateway to Web Three. That's like that is the is the exchange a part of that vision? Absolutely. But being the gateway to Web Three is just from our perspective, such a huge opportunity. It's it's the gateway to the crypto. You're still gonna you're going to need
2: a, an on ramp, a credible, really reliable, trustworthy, like on and off ramp. And then you're gonna you're gonna allow people to interact in this, you know app store of sorts, um, and then ultimately come back to to Coinbase to do other stuff, right? Um, I want to do also touch on, um, we recently had Will uh, had a power outage, uh, and I think it's fairly symbolic to what I want to ask next, which is sometimes you see a tension of like projects that want to build on a particular chain, and then either, you know you have these like competing L1s, like you have the EVM compatible, like avalanches of the world. They took a lot of like the source code of Ethereum and, and and design and then like modified their own because admittedly it was like they had their own token. They could control more of their destiny. Then you have stuff like Cosmos where like you can just fork the SDK, like Tendermint's pretty battle tested. In this case, like um, I want to explore a little bit more of the the decision of when you're building on the, open like the optimism like stk um what are some of the things that you like envision like having more degrees of freedom versus just like trying to work with them they obviously have their own like the optimism token and that's a governance token you could just like acquire a bunch of that and then like have more sway but here you've decided to like just take their stk and like build your own base which I don't think is going to have a token or at least you don't plan on having a token. So what kind of relationships are you going to have with developers um, of like, what kind of committee of like, there, there's there's going to have to be things that are going to have to be, you know, determined by a committee. So I'm kind of curious how all this is well, going to work.
0: Great question. Um, and first thing I want, I want to be clear about, we're working super closely with optimism on this. Um, this is not a kind of like fork and go do our own thing. I think that Will said this earlier, but we've looked at doing a chain many times before, two times before specifically in 2018 and 2020, and we said no those two times. And probably the biggest reason why we felt comfortable saying yes this time is because we felt like we could build it as a part of a bigger whole. And that's a part of a bigger whole in two ways. One is a layer two we are part of the Ethereum ecosystem, which means we get the interoperability, the composability, the ability for users to move assets on and off base and onto Ethereum. Um, And then two, by building it on an open source technology stack, we're gonna be part of this larger super chain that we think is gonna emerge at layer two. And so that um, commitment to not doing an alternative L1, not creating an island, but instead explicitly designing this Working really closely with Optimism to be deeply integrated into the largest crypto ecosystem in the world, um, I think is is the thing that allows over the hump and say yes, this is a good thing, a, a good thing for us to do. So, in terms of the the kind of outcomes that we're, we're able to drive by um, uh, kind of taking the technology stack and, and and deploying our own instance of it and making our own, I think a lot of it is about um, alongside being a part of the broader whole. Um, having the reason and the context where we can invest in that core infrastructure to make it work really, really great and to give our teams, our business, the surety that you can kind of only get if you're running your own, I mean, you're in control of your own destiny. And so ex- specific examples of this are things like scaling, right? Like we look at it today and we're like the fees are still too high. It's not feasible for people to be paying 10 to 50 cent fees on layer two and have that globally kind of scaled. And so what do we need to do? We need to lower the fees. Before, we could do that out of the goodness of our hearts. It would help the ecosystem. But now we're in the trenches every day trying to run our own chain, trying to figure out how do we make this work? How do we make this scale? How do we make this more effective for our business? And that's a massive motivator for us to put more resources more energy and to, to set our own timelines on getting that chain to scale that's one example another example is account abstraction which will mention where it's like today wallets they're still too hard to use um, that's a mix of wallet interfaces but then also chain level infrastructure before we could do the wallet stuff and then we could go and like kind of sign people and be like hey can we line up our roadmaps? Can we make this work um now we can say no, we, if we believe account abstraction is important, let's put the team on building the core infrastructure and the wallet and have them work really closely together with the customer mindset if we're gonna deliver an incredible product and actually ship that thing. And that's what we're doing. And I think that uh, like autonomy and ownership and the feeling of like we can make the sustained investments in the underlying infrastructure because we know that's gonna have a direct impact on our user experience kind of uniquely comes from having like Feeling ownership over the platform um, and feeling like if we invest in this platform, it's going to pay dividends for our business, for our ecosystem, for our community. And I think the important thing is that we're not just doing that for us. We're doing it on an open source platform that's freely available, that's plugged into Ethereum. So all of the investment that we drive from Coinbase into this platform then gets pushed out into the broader ecosystem so everyone can benefit from it. And that kind of gives us the best of both worlds. Um, we can be a part of the larger ecosystem, and we can have our own home that drives that investment and and puts the full force of Coinbase's, you know, capabilities behind scaling the underlying infrastructure, which I think is the big, the biggest blocker right now for us making the crypto economy happen.
2: Yeah, um, in open source, a lot of the the value capture and like continuity really rests on having a token, I believe, um, versus traditional open source. Um, now we can talk about like, there are different kinds of tokens and value accrual is still TBD for some, but nonetheless, um, to incentivize developers, like tokens become a really valuable currency, I think. Um, do you envision base having a token at some point?
0: So we have no plans to have a token. Um, I think our thesis is that tokens obviously have been an incredibly powerful tool for driving activity. Um. But also sometimes they have obfuscated what has been a lack of product market fit for either like protocols that are products or chains that are platforms uh, for people building on. And I'd go so far as to say that from a developer perspective, I think Ethereum is probably the only chain at this point that adds real product market fit um, in a scaled way. Maybe there's some other ones that are very early on, but I'd say Ethereum has real product market fit for like large-scale financial use cases um, from a developer's perspective. And then you have a bunch of other players that are basically trying to figure out like how do we find product market fit for developers who are building dApps that can reach like massive scale. I'd say everything is pretty much pre-product market fit at this point. I think what we're seeing a lot with tokens is we're seeing people compensating for a lack of product market fit as a result of technology not being there or whatever by saying, hey, like we're going to use an incentive to drive people here. I think that that's reasonable, right? You can use incentives to kickstart markets. But I think our thesis is that that's not the only way to make this work. The other way to make it work is to build a platform that has real product market fit. And I think where we believe that that's going to come from is a chain that has the low-cost, secure, and decentralization characteristics that we're focused on in building with base, and then interfaces like Coinbase and Coinbase Wallet that provide user distribution to applications on that chain, and that if we do that thing well, that can stand alone. That can just deliver value to developers because they can build apps and get distribution to users, and it can deliver value to users because they can access all these apps that are emerging. and so. I think one of the things that kind of gets me excited about not having a token is like we're running on the metal, right? And like, we got to go out there and like build an actually good product that people actually want to use that like actually solves their real real world challenges from a developer perspective, from a user perspective. I think we have the pieces with Coinbase. I think a lot of it's now like, how do we put those together into a package that really, really works? Like, mm-hmm. I think we're going to do it. Yeah.
2: When you talk about like the, the actual metal itself, like you, you mentioned in in the kind of earlier parts of the episode of this idea of being a bridge, not just for optimism, but like other L2s, potentially other chains. Talk to us a little bit more about how you envision that process, that sequence happening.
0: Yeah. you know, this is a value. The value internally around base, is, it, there's a few of them, but the one that displays it's a bridge, not an island. Uh, that's the thing that we like hammer home into our teams. And, and what that means is in building base, we do not want to create a, island where we are locking users into coinbase products where we're locking into them into like our part of the world instead we want to think about it as a way where we can take users who are currently off chain bring them on chain into a reasonable default that has a great foundation and then basically build on chain native bridges and interfaces from that home into all of the other parts of the crypto economy and so in that way, BASE basically becomes this vehicle through which we can bridge users from the off-chain world into the entire crypto economy. So that's the kind of like vision. Um, uh, that, that's the approach that we're taking in terms of how we actually do that. Um, obviously, you know, the way we're building this as Ethereum L2, we're going to have that bridge to Ethereum by default. Um, that felt really important to us because it's, you know, the largest by TVL, the largest developer ecosystem, uh, most interconnected from a hub perspective. By building on the OP stack, I think we are uh, working to basically figure out how do we build an interoperable, standardized, open source, freely available layer two that anyone can run and basically plug in. That's going to take time um you know over the next one two years i think for us to figure out exactly how do we make that work as well as we can um and then we've started you know conversations and and, and uh you know, i think are, are are making progress with a bunch of the other ecosystems folks like solana folks like uh polygon um who obviously is building l2s but also has their kind of l1 uh pos ecosystem um avalanche and then a bunch of the kind of uh already existing multi-chain bridge providers um, uh, around like how do we make it so all this works really well on base so you can get from base to sliding, get different base to avalanche you can get from base to um, uh, polygon POS um, and that can be done in a secure scalable easy to use way for both users and developers and, you know that's going to be a process as well but I think the the important thing for us is like we don't want to silo people on this chain. that's not our goal. Our goal is to use this as a platform that allows us to bring everyone into the crypto economy um, uh, by creating that bridge. Jesse, you may,
1: will uh, will this be permissionless or permissioned at the beginning to go build on top of
0: permissionless, fully permissionless? Mm-hmm.
1: And, yeah. and do you think do you, do you think that Coinbase will end up? Building so obviously you will want as many devs as possible to come build on it. I'm assuming you'll. I think I saw you'll do like an ecosystem fund. I think that you guys are announcing that as well. Do you um, do you think that Coinbase will also start to break out teams to go build on this? And and if so, like what could you envision building there?
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, Coinbase already is starting to to have teams build on Base. I think again, there the the prospecting folks are going to build on Base. Base is probably going to be the default. It's going to be the hub. But we want to make sure our products are accessible everywhere. And so, let's say we launch an identity product. Maybe we're going to put all the rights and the data on base. Um, but there should be interfaces where you can go and use that identity on Optimism mainnet, on, on Ethereum, on Polygon, on Solana, and, and all that should just work. And and we think that that's really possible, um, uh, and, and that the technology is there to basically make it so you can um, have that interoperability across chains. Um, so, so teams at Coinbase are already starting to, to do this. Um, some of the things that I'm uh, really excited about, obviously identity, um, we, we started, uh, we rolled out our CV.ID ENS integration where you can claim a subdomain of ENS cv.id um, that's free for users. Um, we're doing work to bring that on chain and make that more interoperable, composable. Um, there's a lot that we're, we're doing and, and thinking about around distribution Um, How do we basically make it so application or protocol developers uh, can say, hey, we're looking for these kinds of users um, and we can help them find those users uh, in the Coinbase user base and make that a win-win for the developers and for the users um, by kind of connecting up those incentives. Um, So that's another one uh, that I'm really excited about. I think all of the financial services um, uh, offerings I'm really excited about. You know, If you go into Coinbase Wallet today or you go into our Dapp Wallet in Coinbase, you, 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 we have first party interfaces for swap, for bridge, for borrow, for lend. Um, those are powered by third party applications, and I expect we're going to continue having them powered by third party applications. But we also have the first party interface that feels very really important, and so those things are going to come to base and, and, and be supported. And so, those so you know, actually like base
1: if you don't, so like right now, I, I haven't actually gone into that and to see like the swap and borrow and lend, I, I got to play around with that, but like let's say like swaps is powered by i don't know macho or like 0x or, Zero, or like a Paraswap swap i don't know who powers it but um w- like if i were coinbase i would think about i want to eventually own that so could we one day see coinbase build their own uniswap like competitor or you know on top of base or like build their own swaps mechanism on top of base and, and try to actually own that relationship
0: i think you know uh as we've talked about, this is like an ecosystem. We want it to be an open ecosystem. And in that ecosystem, we expect to allow first-party applications and, and third-party applications. And I think the, the thing that becomes problematic in an ecosystem is if the first party starts to crowd out all of the third-party applications. And so I think that's the tension, right? Like if we went and said, hey, we're just going to replace every DApp out there, I, I don't I think maybe that would short term be good for Coinbase, but in the long term, I think it would mean users would be less likely to use our products. Because at the end of the day, the ecosystem, the, the crypto economy, is the thing that's going to be the most creative. And we're going to have some wins in there. We're going to find the places that we can uniquely contribute. But well, we can't do it all. We're, like we're a big company, but we're not that big a company, and no one company can do it all. And so I think the the goal for us is to figure out where the places that Coinbase can uniquely contribute value. Um, and how do we uniquely contribute that value, um, enable developers, uh, and also leverage the incredible brilliance and incredible products that developers and the ecosystem are building to offer great experiences for our customers.
1: Hmm. I think as we start to wrap this up, oh, actually, actually I have one more question here. You you might have already explained this or maybe I just uh, wasn't smart to follow along enough here, but uh, the business model, Jesse, like when I think about the business models of L2s, like the way I understand Arbitrum, for example, is like, one, they've got the token that can help fund the business, but also like they auction off the sequencer. Um, and there's like an MAV component as well. Like what is the business model of base?
0: Yeah. So I think the, the long-term goal from a, a business perspective is create more applications that users want to use. Um, that is the North Star. Uh, because at the end of the day, if there are more applications that users want to use and they're using them through Coinbase interfaces, that's a great business for us, right? Like if you go into Coinbase Wallet and you use the swap interface, yes, it's powered by uh, 0x, but also we're providing a service of making that really easy and we're comfortable taking a fee for that. And users are comfortable paying a fee for that. And so I think our base the and the primary uh, business kind of motivator for being this is create a bunch more applications that users want to use. So we can then expose them to our consumer interfaces and generate revenue and uh, growth to the business through that. So that's the primary kind of motivator, create more innovation, more useful applications, and then uh, let those kind of get surfaced through, through the consumer interfaces. I think from a uh kind of pure chain perspective there's two potential sources of revenue um uh fees, uh which are kind of net the cost of bundling those transactions and putting them on l1 um uh, and then me on the chain um meb is not something that we're enabling like now we're just going to be uh ordering everything by priority and the time it comes into a sequencer uh we think it's really important that we, we don't do that we don't want to be trading against our customers or doing anything that looks like that in the future we're, we'll we'll decentralize the block building uh and that will op- uh, open up opportunities for other people to be doing that maybe and in that context i can imagine that being a revenue stream um and then the other one is kind of transaction fees on the chain um which we expect to be relatively small uh, even grand or overall business um and i think we're we're still trying to understand exactly how that will Shape up as fees continue to get driven down through four eight four four. Um, so again, I'd say there is revenue here that we think we can we can drive at the chain level, but we expect it to be smaller than the, the revenue that we'll be able to drive to the business by enabling more applications that people actually want to use through our consumer interfaces. Nice, Santi. Anything we're
1: missing here?
2: No, Jesse. I mean, we've covered a lot. Um, it's really. Great to get your insight into all the decision-making process that happens in an organization, and I think that at minimum people really gain a better appreciation of. It's pretty remarkable to see a public company. We 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 used to think of Coinbase as, as like slow-moving organization. Invariably, as you grow and as you become a public company, but it's really interesting to see the inner workings. And it sounds like there there's a lot of stuff happening in there, and I'd almost love to see that whiteboard and how it evolves. Um, um, because it's really great that you guys are contributing to the ecosystem and really just re- recognizing that for you guys to survive in this kind of fast paced open source environment, you're gonna have to adapt really quickly, otherwise you're gonna fall prey to you know the innovator's dilemma, so to speak. Um, we covered a lot. I don't know if there's anything in particular that you wanna emphasize or leave that, you know wanna f- focus more on um for the benefit of our listeners.
0: So I guess two thoughts. Um, One is, I I think, you know, one of the things that's been most exciting about the last while building base is the cultural impact of having this platform internally. And in many ways, like, that's been the thing I've been most focused on for the last two years. It's like, how do we actually start to change our internal culture so people want to build on chain by default? Because there's all this inertia that's, you know, our revenue, our activity, the, the infrastructure that exists off chain. I think so. The first time after like two years of trying, something about having this platform has started to change the culture where people now feel a new level of energy, excitement, resurgence to be like, I want to try and build this thing on chain instead of off chain. And so, I'd say, like, one thing that might be interesting for your listeners who, who are likely, you know, maybe some are in uh, kind of web, web three companies but there's probably a lot of people who are in web 2 companies and who might be in a similar place of feeling like how do i get these companies to be the company i'm in to be more crypto forward crypto native i'd say like think about that and think about this story in the context of that it's like what is the cultural change that you're going to be able to make And how do you make that like a structural change that can drive um you know long-term behavior change among the employees um so I'd say that's one thing. And then the other thing, and I know we talked about this before, but I, I just wanna go back to quite a bit a secret master plan, you know, and, and a shout out to Brian on this. In 2016, Brian Armstrong, our CEO, wrote a four part plan that was build the protocols, build the exchange, build the consumer interfaces that enable the next wave of dApps that are gonna bring a billion users into the economy and crypto economy. And for the last seven and change years, that's what we've been doing. And I think the thing that I'm most excited about is in 2023, it feels like we have a line of sight to make it so that those dapps can actually start to emerge. And I think we've seen the beginnings of that over the last few years since DeFi summer where we have a small set of financial applications that have product market fit. But the combination of the the cost of chains going down, developer tools getting better, identity starting to be figured out, and account abstraction making wallets easier to use feel like right now is this moment where we are about a crossover from phase three to phase four. And I'm so excited to be bringing base into the market in that context and just doing everything we possibly can to make it easier for developers to build useful applications that a billion people in the world want to use. So that's what it's all about.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Maybe a last question now that, as I was hearing you uh, say that is, if we were to have you you know, a year from now and do a recap of base and progress, what do you think is going to be the thing that surprises you the most?
0: I think probably it will be. I think at some point we're going to, in the next year, and I'm an optimist. And so I've been wrong on timing before, (laughs) but I think sometime in the next year, maybe the next two years, We're going to hit an inflection point in crypto, where instead of after literally 10 years of being flat, except for when there were hype-driven growth, we start to have month-over-month growth of users using crypto to do real things. That inflection point is coming in the next two weeks. And it's going to start being 10 to 20% month-over-month growth. And that is going to be the beginning of this up curve that somewhere between 5 and 10 years from now, we'll have every single person in the world using crypto every day. And I think the thing that's going to surprise me and surprise people is once we hit that upgrowth, that inflection point, it's just going to be obvious like that this was coming and that this was like now was the right moment. And my hope is that a year from now when we're back on here, we're having that conversation instead where instead of being like, is this a you know, big bad house? It's like, oh my God, the world is literally migrating on chain just like the world migrated online, just like the world migrated to mobile, like, wow, what's happening in that context? I think that that's the thing I think we might be surprised by.
2: That's such a great answer because I think all three of us lived through like the growth of smartphones becoming ubiquitous. And like, it was just like the first iPhone was like, internet was like really slow and expensive and there weren't many apps. There was like a lot of infrastructure deficit from the wireless kind of network side of things. And then, and then all of a sudden, like, it was like two, three years. And I was like, okay, like I, but like when you're living through it, you look back and you're like, yeah, of course, like, yeah. Like, you know, the idea of having everything, your Walkman, your Palm pilot, and then this thing becoming like a computer, like it's so obvious now, but like Nokia missed it. Microsoft right. missed it. And you and we were all living through it, and like we were getting a lot of benefit from it, but we did, kind of truly didn't see like the full like repercussions of how impactful it would be to our day to day interactions. That you can stream a movie on your phone, you can listen to every single music on your phone, and how it changed the music industry. That you can, you know, do pretty much everything from banking to consumer stuff to shopping, like to the point where like you might not even need a computer, like it's pretty crazy. And I think very few people have that vision and even really kind of in that moment, like realize how impactful it would have been and still probably will be. And so I think it's a great answer because even us that we've been here in space for so long, we kind of believe in this and this is why we're like staking our lives, our reputation, everything. It's not easy, right? Being in the space, Um, it will happen. And sometimes like it's the people that like I've been in for so long that you become skeptical of these yeah. actually happening and once they do you're like i, I guess it's happening <laughs> yeah <So laughs> I, but i i do uh, i no, yeah, yeah. i do hope it happens within a year jesse It it does feel like the fact that we're seeing you guys really build base and the rationale behind it in this episode i think hopefully listeners appreciate like it does feel like a lot of things are clicking finally on the infrastructure side to really enable credibly millions up to billions of users. Um and it's kind of primed because there are really also really great teams that we've had on this podcast that full, you know, disclosure, I'm an investor in, um, that I think are building really cool front facing applications that are delivering like true value, not just NFTs, but like a lot of other stuff.
0: Yeah. I said I said it's on the internet yesterday, but it was, you're in a bear market, crypto bear market. We're at an all time high of on chain creativity. That's really how you're going mm-hmm. now. I it's like that. we have never had a more creative moment in the history of crypto than right now and yes it's a bear market but like boy are we in for a ride
2: um, <laughs> i know you have tattoos yeah. I mean, you're on but you should tattoo. like as well as another tattoo but i'm like <laughs> i got <one> more <laughs> jesse man we uh
1: we'd love having eternal optimists on uh you, you would do well uh with uh with and, me, and i'm uh i'm excited to hopefully see you in person soon and uh Thanks again for, for coming on and just big congrats
2: on everything that you guys have built. Definitely rooting for you and uh, excited for you. Yeah, congrats, guys. Um, Pleasure having you guys and, and we should definitely have you on in, in a year from now. Love it. Let's, let's do, it. do it. Cheers. I
3: didn't
2: <laughs>